All right, Mark chapter 10, Mark 10. And I want to tell you a story out of Mark 10, 44 through 52. A desperate situation. They come to Jericho, 44 of Mark 10. And as he went out to Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, you ever heard of him? The son of Timaeus sat by the highway side begging. But something happened, and that is that Jesus showed up. At least he heard that Jesus was there. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began, he got obnoxiously loud. You want a quiet, dead church, you can have one. I don't want one. When Jesus shows up, it's going to get loud. If you don't like noise, you probably ought not to go to heaven. Because it's going to be a loud place. When we get there, we're going to put our dignified self to the side and say, Thank God I made it. I'm here. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many, of course, as it always is going to be, charged him that he should shut up. But he cried the more a great deal. He just kept at it because he knew this was his chance. This was an opportunity. He wasn't going to miss a prime spiritual opportunity. Jesus was there. He cried out the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus stood still. How many want to get the attention of Jesus today? I wonder how many times he goes walking by and is just waiting for somebody to flag him down. Jesus, I need you today. He commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, he threw it to the side. He rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him and asked him the million-dollar question that, oh, that the Lord would ask us this kind of a question. What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? What do you want me to do for you? Would we even have a good answer to that if Jesus was standing in front of you and said, what do you want me to here's, here's the genie in the bottle. What do you want me to do for you? That's pretty powerful. The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I want my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And immediately he received his sight. Can we put our hands together and magnify the Lord today? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We call on you, Lord, today. This is a brand new year, and I feel compelled. And I've sought the Lord, and this is what I'd like to bring to you today. We are moving into a series called My Mission. And God has given every one of us, there is a call upon our lives, and we're going to talk about that today. We've got a mission in our lives. My message title this morning is, My Mission Calls Me to a Better Future. My Mission Calls Me to a Better Future. I believe that God is calling all of us to something better that's coming down the pike for us. No matter how good it's been up till this point or how bad it's been up to this point, God has something better for us 
in our future and our mission is compelling us into that God-ordained better future. Lord, in the name of Jesus, this is the word. I pray, oh God, may the word of God go forward in power and anointing. Let there be receptivity and strength and faith that rises with the word today. And I pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28 is, is a powerful verse in Christianity, probably next to John 3, 16 and a few other scriptures. This, this passage finds its way into many, many Christian homes. It's kitschy, it's catchy, it's, it's bumper sticker theology in a lot of ways. And it's a good scripture. I think sometimes much of this scripture is uh, maybe exited out. But I like, let's, let's focus on this scripture, Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I'm thankful for the scripture this morning. You may have seen this walking into a Christian home posted on some kind of a sign, maybe hanging in someone's house. If you go into the Christian bookstore, this is going to be a a very consistent scripture that you're going to find because we find tremendous promise within it, and I thank God for the promise in this scripture. But I, I want us to know this morning that this scripture is not a talisman. This scripture is not a rabbit's foot. This, this scripture is, is, is not an incantation, but this scripture is a, is a truth. It is a truth. And the truth of this scripture is that all things, That means everything. All things. Everything. How many is ready for that? All things. All things. That means the good. That means the bad. All things work together. They work together. Everything is working together. That means the sum of all of the parts. All of the disparate Things that come to us in life, both good and bad, marinate together, and somehow or another, the Bible says that all things work together in tandem, in unison. They work together. Notice this. The Bible says, for the good. Oh, I thank God for that. And if you don't need it now, someday you're going to need it. Because when we're riding high and everything's going good, we say, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is what happens to Christians. But when the bottom falls out and you don't know what to do and you're caught in a vortex and you're caught in a storm and you don't wonder and you say, man, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I thought everything was supposed to be good. You got to take your bumper sticker theology and pull it off your bumper and realize that all things work together for the good. It doesn't mean that all things are good. It means that all things will somehow or another, they are going to work together for the good. I thank God for that today. But what we got to know today, and I, and I, I don't want to be, as we begin this brand new year, I don't want to be the bearer of bad tidings, but I'm going to have to be that. I'm going to be the bearer of bad tidings this morning because this scripture is not for everybody. This scripture does not work for the sinner. I'm sorry, it doesn't. You, you, can, you can quote this until you turn blue in the face and your belly button falls off. You, you, you can quote this 1,000 times and you can, you, you can take your rabbit's foot and rub it while you quote this scripture. And guess what? It ain't going to work. 
Because this scripture happens to be a conditional scripture. This scripture is not for everybody. This scripture is not for the unbeliever. This scripture is not for the backslider. This scripture is not for the casual Christian. This scripture is not for the religious. The Bible says that all things work together for the good, notice, to them who love God. You're going to want to scoot forward on the front of your chair here because we're not going to have us a sleepy little service this morning. Come on, nudge your neighbor. Things are going to work together for the good. There are two pre-qualifications. If you want God marinated into every aspect of your life, and you want the presence and the power and the promises of God, there are two prerequisites. Number one, I won't rehash the whole Bible study from a month ago. Remember the goat? The greatest of all time, the goat. Remember what the goat was? The goat was... I need to love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength. The good news is that if I meet that pre-qualification number one, that everything's going to work together if I love God. If I've got myself into this and I'm committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. If he's my savior and he's my king and he's also the Lord of my life. He's the leader of my life. He said, everything's going to work together, but it doesn't even just end there. Well, I love God. I love God. That's good that we love God. That's the first prequalification. The second prequalification, he said, to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Put your hands together this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel I want to preach that I, I want to preach this like God wants me to. I prayed, I talked to him about it this morning. Because everything's gonna work together. You can, you can take it to the bank. Everything's gonna work together if you love God and if you're the called according to his purpose. I want to rise to the occasion on this first Sunday of 2022 and remind the people of God and remind the church that God has got a purpose in the earth. That God has a plan in the earth. That there is a purpose in the earth. We're not just a bunch of amoebas that are floating through the cosmos, bumping around, and something is just going to happen per chance and by chance. But I want to remind the church on this Sunday morning that God has got a purpose in the earth. That there is a plan in the earth that we have all been called to. That God has a plan. And he has a purpose and he has a will in the earth and that you fit into the plan of God in the earth. And everything works together for those who love God and those that are the called. I've got good news here this morning for saints of God. I've got good news and I hope this doesn't bore us. I've got good news. The good news is that we are called of God. Do we realize that today? The most fantastic thing that could ever happen in all of our lives is the day that Jesus called us. 
He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called us out of our sin. He called us to salvation. He called us into a beautiful baptismal tank that's glowing and invitational and waiting for someone to get into that tank. I think someone needs to get into the tank today. Because you're not going to know your purpose until you get into the tank and experience forgiveness of sins. You're not going to know your purpose until you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. You're not going to know your purpose until you have your sins washed away and you're walking in righteousness and holiness and the will of God, in the plan of God, what God wants. You're never going to know until you're walking in that will of God for your life. But there is a purpose that God has called all of us to. And his name is Jesus. The purpose for our lives, his name is Jesus. The best thing that ever happened to us is the day that Jesus called us out and said, I want you to serve me. I want you to follow me. I've got a purpose for your life. And it's more than sinning and playing around in the world and going to hell. Jesus said, I got a purpose for your life and I'm calling you to that purpose. The writer of Hebrews said it like this, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? I'm telling you, this is the greatest thing that could ever happen to any human being. That Jesus would die on the cross in his precious blood. He would love us enough, even in our sin, that he would call us out of our sin. And that blood, it's called the gospel. It's the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus died for your sins. Uh, Jesus came to take your sins away. He was buried and he rose again the third day in the grave uh, so that you could make your way to an altar, that you could bend your knees uh, and you could cry out to Jesus uh, and you could say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Uh, I'm messed up. I'm screwed up. Uh, I'm no good where I am. But God, I know that you're good enough. I know that you're strong enough. I know that your blood is capable enough. I know your spirit is strong enough that you can do for me what I can't do for me. And he calls us to salvation. What a beautiful day it is, the day that we're born again. What is today? January the 2nd? January the 2nd, 2022. I hope somebody can write on their baptismal certificate. January the 2nd, 2022. You say you're pushing, Rev. I'm pushing because I'm believing that God is calling. We are not here to just pine away the time. We are not here to just punch a clock. We are here, listen, to fulfill the purpose and the will of God. Almighty God has a plan and he has a purpose for all of our lives. We are the called according to his purpose. He has called us to eternal life. We are not just living for the here and the now. We are also living for the there and the then. We're living for heaven. And saying to God, you keep living for the Lord faithful and you know what's going to happen. 
Those pearly gates are going to swing open wide. And you're going to walk streets of gold one day. And one day, guess what? You're going to be delivered from your pain, your difficulty, your challenges, your trials of life, your sickness, your confusion, your momentary depression. You're going to be delivered from that. And you're going to see the one who hung on the middle tree for you and gave his life for you. you got something to look forward to. If it isn't even here and now, it's the there and then. Because guess what? Everybody that's in the church has been called of God. We have been called to eternal life with Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. As a matter of fact, Paul said, lay hold on eternal life. You know what that means? Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, you got to get a grip. I know some people, they need to get a grip. Because if you don't let a, if you don't get a grip, some things will slip away from you. Oh, yeah, that's what he said. Beware lest these things, you let anything slip. But we're not in a slipping church. We're in a church that's hanging on. We're holding on to eternal life. Why? Because there's an upward call in Christ Jesus. There's a call that's calling us upward. There's a heavenly call that's calling us upward. There's going to be a rapture that happens. He's coming back. Not just for anybody. He's coming back for those that are called of God. Allow me to say it like this. He has not only called us to himself. He has not only called us to eternal life. He has called us to a life of meaning, a life of function, a life of purpose, a life of direction, a life of meaning. We're not just called to just get through this life. We're called to make a difference in this life. I'm going to say it again. We're not called to just get through this life. We're called to make a difference in this life. We have a call of God upon our life. God called us out of darkness uh, not to just sit on purple padded chairs once a week for the next 10 years or whenever the Lord chooses to come. But he called us uh, to live a function and to live a purpose. Uh, there's a plan for our life. Uh, God has called us to something. God has called us to function. He has called us to ministry. He has called us to service. He has called us to the will of God for our lives. It's called a mission. I keep talking about Wild Willie on the organ. And you don't know this, but we got one now. We got an organ now. Oh, hallelujah. Caleb, come on up. Just kidding. I feel a little help coming on. Come on, he's called us to a purpose. He's called us to a mission. Okay, we need some Mission Possible music in the background right now. Come on, do you remember what it was like? I'm preaching to saints right now. Do you remember what it was like when you, when you were in the world, some of you? When you were in the world and you were trying to figure out, what in the world am I doing here? What in the world is my purpose for life? I, re- I remember being 11 years old and delivering newspapers with my friend. And we would deliver newspapers, and then we would go into the local Wendy's hamburger place. We'd go in there. We didn't have any money to spend. We would just go and get the crackers, the free crackers that came with the soup. We'd get the crackers, and we'd get the ketchup, and we'd put the ketchup on the crackers. We'd put the ketchup on the crackers, and we'd go deliver newspapers, and we'd sit there and talk about big dreams and what we're going to do with our life. And I remember scratching my head as a preteen and then a teenager. And, and unfortunately, it depressed me. I was a very depressed teenager. And let me tell you why I was depressed. I was depressed because 
maybe I thought a little bit about what life held and, and what am I going to do? I'm just going to live my life for a little while and then I'm going to die somewhere. You probably didn't know this, but I wanted to be a rock and roll star. I think that guitar gifting or desire that I had for guitar fell on my son. I want to be like Jimmy Page. I want to be a rock and roll star. But then I, 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 I think and I say, man, what is life all about? Certainly there's got to be more than this. I'm so depressed. What in the world is this all about? I'm just going to live for a little while. I'm going to make some money and, and live life and have fun and party. And then, and then I'm going to die. I'm going to push up daisies at Whitechapel Cemetery. That, that's all there is to this thing called life. This is it. I'm just going to live for a few years and then I'm going to die. And I was depressed out of my mind until I walked into a Pentecostal church, until I felt the presence of God, until the Holy Ghost came into my life, until I got baptized in Jesus' name, until I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And when I came up out of the tank, I realized for the first time in my life, this is the reason why I'm alive. This is the reason why I'm here. All of a sudden, it made sense in my life. All of a sudden, I had a purpose in my life. I thank God today that we are the called according to His purpose. Oh, Jesus. I want you to know today, God has a purpose for your life. And your life. And your life. And your life. And your life. God has called all of us to a purpose. They say the two greatest days of your life are the day that you were born and the day that you found out why. Purpose. Why am I here? What is my purpose? My God, I'm excited about 2022. I'm so ready to get out of 2020 and 2021. What a nightmare. I'm so ready for 2022. Normally, I come into service on this day, and I have a calendar, and it, the thing almost possesses my life. And normally, I bring that calendar, and I throw it against the wall. And it's such an exciting feeling. Because you know what it says? That's over. That's over. I don't know why. I was talking to the Lord about it today. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm like, is this just any other normal day? Is this another day? And I was reminded of the fact that the Jews had feast days. They had special days that they would celebrate. They'd have special days that were set aside that they could restart. They had special days. They were spiritual times that they could renew. There were special days that they flip over another day on the counter and they say, okay, everything's going to become new. I want to talk to somebody here on this Sunday morning that this is a new day. This is a new year. This is is a time for possibility. This is a time for purpose. This is a time that this could be your year of possibility and promise and potential. This could be your year. This could be the year you've been dreaming about all your life. This could be the year that your prayers come to pass. This could be the year.
Hallelujah. Here's what I know and here's what I'm after. I'm not here to preach a sermon today. I'm trying to stir somebody because I know if somebody will reach out, Jesus can do something if you'll do something. Some people, listen, some people are waiting for a move of God and you're mistaken. Let me tell you what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for a move of man. Because when there's a move of man toward God, then there's a release of the miraculous possibility of what God can do. All right, let me get back to my sermon. I hate sermons. I say sermons suck. They do. We need a message from God. We need to hear from God today. Purpose brings possibility. But let me tell you something about possibility. Possibility. Okay, buckle your seatbelt. Put on your crash helmet. I'm going to ready you, all right? You want a miracle in your life? You want the possibility of God in your life? Let me tell you what's going to happen. Possibility comes with pressure. And reward comes with resistance. Let me say it like this. Resistance is real. I'm going to say it like this. About the second that something begins to just climb in your heart saying, it just might be. As soon as the hope of a better future begins to rise up in your life, it is automatically, listen, going to be met with opposing opposition. Just the second something starts to rise up in your life, then something is correspondingly going to come in the form of resistance. Now, I'm not here, I'm not going to depress you, but I got I, I to let you know so that you can, you can break through it. You won't break through it if you don't recognize what's happening in your life. Because sometimes when the opposing force comes, you know what people do? They give up and they stop pressing. They say, oh, well, I guess it's not meant to be. No. Every time possibility comes, it comes with a pushback. It comes always with a resistance. Your purpose in your life is not going to happen automatically. This isn't magic. It's not going to happen unintentionally. That's a fact. Has anybody beside me ever felt like screaming? And I've said it. I may have even screamed it before. Why does it have to be so hard? You ever said that? Ever thought it? Ever felt it? Quite often I say it. And I look in the mirror and I dab my cheeks. Poor me. Come on, don't you feel that way sometimes? Why does it have to be so hard? Why do my dreams that God's put in my heart, why do they have to be so hard? God, I felt like you, you told this to me, but why is it so hard? God, in a time of prayer, you gave me a vision and I saw it. And Lord, why is it so hard? Come on. Within some of your hearts is beating a dream that God put inside of you. There's a dream that's deep down inside of your heart. And yet as soon as the hope begins to spring up and forward and forth, at the same time you're met with resistance. And you say, why in the world does this have to be so hard? I guess what I'll do is just give up on the dream. Ever felt that way? Because resistance is real. Gravity keeps us down so that we don't fly. 
I used to have dreams as a kid of flying. You ever have those dreams? I had them over and over again as a kid. I would fly. I would do this, and all of a sudden, I'm up, up, you know, where the telephone poles are at. And I'm looking down, and I'm like, where am I? Give that a try. How's that work for you? Gravity keeps us so that we don't fly. Foot-pounds of pressure weighs down on the seed in the ground. That seed that's in the ground, it's buried so deep in the ground, and it's got thousands of pounds of pressure weighing down upon it. It says, am I ever going to get through the the, the soil? Am I ever going to break forward? And there's thousands of foot-pounds upon the seed. The seed is buried in the ground, and it's dying. And Yet something inside the genetics of that seed says, I'm going to break forth. I'm going to break forth into the light. I'm going to give birth to that which is inside of me. And yet it's met with the resistance of the pressure that has been placed upon it. Gold is buried under tons of rock. That's why there's all these programs. All these programs. You can, you know, what do they call them? The, the, the real life stuff. All the programs. And you know why? Because you don't watch. If, if, if gold was just sprinkled, you know, like snow... And it wouldn't be gold anymore. But you got to dig for it. It's buried. Wisdom has to be pursued. Education has a tuition. <laughs> it's 2022. Weight loss is work. I'll just leave that alone. Diplomas come with dedication. Your dream house has a price tag on it. Even these wonderful Habitat for Humanity homes, they don't just give you the home. you got to work hundreds of hours, and you got to invest yourself in it, and it's tough. Broccoli doesn't taste like chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Dear God, heaven's going to, broccoli's going to taste like ice cream. It's not like that. The trophy buck must be hunted. The fish don't just jump into the boat, Corey. Money contrary to popular belief, does not grow on trees. Listen, going to hell is really easy. Going to heaven is really hard. It's called resistance. And this call that God has placed upon our life, we feel the call beckoning us forward, and it's met with immediate resistance. Oh, yes. Learning the Bible, you feel the resistance. Living holy, you feel the resistance. Overcoming that depression that's in your life, and you feel the resistance. Family dysfunction that you're fighting towards spiritual health, and you feel the resistance. Beating the addiction that wakes you up in the morning, and it's there knocking on the door, and you feel the resistance. Getting a job, excelling in the workplace, growing your giftings and talents, becoming something in life. And the enemy says it's impossible And your mind and your flesh may doubt it. And unfortunately, that resistance that comes will often come in the form of people. Sometimes among the most difficult resistance that you'll ever face in your life is often people. Some will look at you with a quizzical look and say, oh, you? There will be those that doubt what God has put into your life. Others will look at you and say, it is impossible. It is impossible. You know, they say those that go out crabbing to, to, to catch crabs, when they, when they catch those crabs and they put them in the boat, if they, have a, if they have a bucket they put them into, they say you don't ever have to put a lid on a bucket of crabs. Do you know why? 
Because as soon as one of those crabs starts to try to crawl out of that bucket, you know what happens? The other crabs go get a hold of them and they pull them back down. There's a story of, of they did an experiment a number of years ago on, 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 on three monkeys. They put them in a room. This is not a joke. It sounds like a joke. It's not a joke. They put three monkeys in a room, and they put a ladder in the middle of that room. And hanging above that ladder was a great big bunch of bananas. And they put the monkeys in the room. And as soon as the first monkey climbed up that ladder to grab the banana, there was a burst of water that shot that monkey in the face. And the monkey climbed back down the ladder. The second monkey climbs up the ladder to grab the banana, and another shot of water shoots the monkey in the face, and the monkey climbs back down the ladder. The third monkey climbs up the ladder to get the bananas, and there's another shot of water in his face, and the monkey climbs back down the ladder. Then to make it really interesting, they took one of the, those monkeys, pulled him out of the room, and they brought a brand new monkey into the room. That monkey, he started to climb the ladder, and the other monkeys grabbed him and pulled him back down. No shot of water. They took and cycled out the second monkey and brought in another new monkey. And guess what? As that monkey came into the room, he tried to climb that ladder, and the other monkeys pulled him down. Until finally they took the third monkey that had experienced a splash of water in his face and got him out of the room, and they brought a brand new monkey into the room, and he tried to climb the ladder. And as he tried to climb the ladder, they pulled him back down. And what they realize is, here are three monkeys in the room that won't climb the ladder. None of them have had a shot of water in the face, and none of them even know why they don't try to do what they ought to be trying to do. Sounds a little bit like the culture that I live in today. Sometimes there are going to be those you got dreams in your heart. You, you got a passion in your life. You got a purpose in your life. And it's met with resistance. And sometimes the resistance that comes, it's going to be other people as you try to climb out and find something better in your life. There's going to be others that are there to pull you back down. But I got good news for somebody today. There's a call of God upon our life. There's a call of God upon this church. God's calling us not to sit stagnant where we are, but God's calling us to a higher place in Him. God's calling us to a purpose, and He's calling us to a passion, and He's calling us to a will of God for our lives. Though we are being met with resistance. There's going to be plenty that are going to point out the impossibility of it. It can't be done. It will never be done 3,500 feet below Jerusalem to the southwest 20 torturous miles from Jerusalem lies this city called Jericho Mark chapter 10 tells us that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem 20 miles distance Jerusalem which is a journey upward and Mark 10 literally tells us that on his way to Jerusalem he knows I'm going to be crucified it's the Passover. In the Passover, they say in Jericho, they say there are 20,000 priests and 20,000 Levites that had to continually attend upon the temple in Jerusalem, many of which lived in Jericho. And so the streets were filled with people and often those, those worshipers that were heading to Jerusalem as they're heading through Jericho, oftentimes there would be rabbis and teachers that would pass through and it was a great big festive times and the throngs are there and the crowds are there and they find out that Jesus is there and Jesus is making his way through the crowd. He is pressing through many of them that are inquisitive. What is it of this teacher and this master in Israel that's going to Jerusalem? Sitting there along the sidelines is this blind man that had been blind for a long, long time. His name was Blind Bartimaeus. He's the BBB 
Not the better business bureau. But he's the blind beggar, Bartimaeus. And he's doing what he's done for such a long time. And unfortunately, he is defined by his dysfunction. Isn't it terrible when they name you your dysfunction? You're the addict. That's what you're always going to be. You're the blind man. That's what you've always been. I guess you're going to be like that forever. Blind Bartimaeus can do nothing else with his life other than be sitting on the wayside begging. Oh, please give me some little crumbs. Please, someone, may the system take care of me. There is no hope for me. There he is, feeling his way around, defined by that which was wrong in his life until someone else came along that offered him a better way. I'm so thankful today for the miraculous power of Jesus Christ to offer the hopeless hope, to offer the broken healing, to offer those that are mixed up and messed up a better way of life. And there's blind Bartimaeus begging his condition as well as his occupation. The Bible says in 44, they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Marginalized, sidelined, a spectator, not a participant, an outsider. He's not in the in club. He's reduced to poverty. He's dependent. He's sitting by the wayside. 47 says, when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Shut up. But he cried out a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Here's what I'm going to tell you. There's always going to be a crowd that stands oftentimes between you and Jesus. Question is, how bad do you want your life to change? How bad do you want a better life? How bad do you want the purpose of your life to be fulfilled? How bad do you really want something from God? How bad do you want it? Do you really want it? Have we become apathetic about it? Do we really want something from God? Because there was a crowd between this blind, broken man and the miracle that he was waiting for. There's always going to be critics. There's always going to be cynics. There's always going to be dream stealers. There's always going to be haters. But there comes a time when you have to realize that things can be different in my life. And hope has come. And hope is here in the person of Jesus. Here's my Opportunity. Hope is come. Jesus is here. 49 says, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of comfort, rise, he calleth thee. It's his chance. Do you get it? It's his chance. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. It's his chance. Things could be better. Things can be different. Before him is the chance of a lifetime. And verse number 50 says, and he. Somebody needs to lift their hand and say, and me. And he. He himself. And he 
something began to stir within this blind beggar man's heart. Something happened inside of him that said, Jesus is here. Everything can be different. Yes, me. It's my time. It's my day. It's my year. 2022 is going to be my year. This is going to be it. It's got to be different. Something resonated within his spirit that said, this is going to be the year. Oh, I heard Jesus is here. I heard the miraculous is here. I heard possibility is on its way. I heard there's a mighty God that can do something. I heard there's a God that can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I heard there's a God that opens blind eyes, that straightens, uh, amen, curvature and spine that can take away cancers. I heard there's a God that can save the unsavable. I heard there's a God that can do the undoable. I heard there's a God that is almighty and able and he's capable. I heard that he's here. Oh, and he, and he, and he, oh, it's my time. This is going to be my time. This is going to be my day. This is going to be my year. This is going to be my miracle. Oh, this is going to be my time. This is my day. Something's got to change. Something's got to change. I can't be in this position any longer. I can't be a blind man any longer. I don't want to be begging any longer. I want something new in my life. I want something fresh in my life. And Jesus is here. Woo! I heard Jesus is here. And he, and he, are you ready? Casting away his garment. I got to do it again. And he, casting away his garment. That which I've been identified with all my life. That coat I've been wearing of inferiority all my life. That coat of dysfunction I've had all my life. That coat that identifies me with my dysfunction that I've been wearing all my life. It's got the sweat of my dysfunction. It's got the smell of my dysfunction. It's got my identification tied within it. It's who I was. It's what I did. It's what I used to be a part of. It's how I used to be identified. Oh, I heard Jesus is here. And if Jesus is here, I can't keep holding on to the same thing I've been holding on to. If Jesus is here, I can't keep holding on. Oh, I've been depressed all my life. I got to get rid of that. I got to cast away what's identified me with my past. I don't know why I'm just talking like this because I just feel like I need to. You've been an addict all your life. Your daddy was an addict. Your mama was an addict. All you've known is abuse and dysfunction. That's, that's who you are. No, that's what I used to be. I'm throwing my... No, I'm, I got I to gotta lighten the load. There's some things I got to let go of in my life. The fears that abound me. It's time... 2022 has come. It's time for us to discard the garments of our past. 
The thing that used to define us. My God, I've got good news for somebody. I've got good news for somebody. Listen, let me tell you what today is. Today is a brand new day. His mercies are new every morning. And I know this isn't for everybody, and I'm okay with that. This may be for a few here this morning, but some of you have been under a load in your life, and you've been carrying a load in your life, and it's buried you, and it's put you beneath the saw, and you've been identified with something. But God says, Jesus says, I'm here, Bartimaeus. I'm here, Bartimaeus. And when the voice of possibility and promise comes, a person can say, oh, I'm ridding myself of my past identity. What I used to be, I I don't have to be what I was. I'm no longer. God is still a God that does the miraculous. Jesus. Jesus. The fear that captivates you. The past that holds you. What used to define you. And everybody look at you and say that's what they are. Wearing it like a dirty cloak and a heavy garment. The Bible says that BBB, that's right, he threw away the garment. He heard his name being called. And he, verse 50, casting away his garment, he threw, his, he threw it away. He said, I'm departing from that. I can't leave this point. God, I can't leave this point. Somebody needs to shuck loose of something that's been hanging on to you for way too long. I feel prophetic Holy Ghost word for somebody. You need to let go of something that you've been hanging on to for too long. You need to let go of it because Jesus is here. And if Jesus is here, you can have a new future. You can have a better future. You've been blind. You've been begging. But you're better than that. You're better than that. You've got to call a God on your life. You're better than that. You're destined for more. There's a call on your life. There's a call of God on your life. You're meant to be more than what you've been. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he casting away his garment. What's the next word say? He rose. You know what that means? He got up. Oh, yeah. Some of you have been sucker punched. I know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been sucker punched. And you're reeling from blows that have been inflicted upon you. Listen up. The blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was there. He cast off the garment. And the Bible says that he got up. Oh, God, I pray 2022. Oh, God, I pray river of life. Let this be a year that all of us, I'm preaching to everybody. I'm preaching possibility and promise to everybody, purpose to everybody. I'm preaching to everybody here today. Oh, that all the people of God would get up. If you're not a part of the company that are redeemed right now and you're down and you're out, you're down on your luck. You're down and you're out. You're out of moves. You, you say, I don't know what to do next. Let me tell you what you can do. When Jesus is there, you can get up. You can get up. Rejoice not against me, O oh mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Come on, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Oh, I may be down, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting back up. I'm getting my legs under me. I'm getting my, my, my sea feet. Uh, that's right. I'm, I'm getting my legs under me. I'm getting up. 
I'm getting up. But he's still blind. Jesus! 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 He's thrown away the garment. He's gotten up. And the Bible says, and he came to Jesus. I wish I could dip my tongue in a rainbow and say it the way I want to say it. You know why? Because Jesus, yes, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, I, I know, I know. See, that's the problem sometimes, preaching the same people week after week. Because you're like, we've heard it, but oh, if we could hear it afresh and anew. I'm talking about Jesus today. I'm talking about the lover of my soul. I'm talking about my Savior, my King, my coming King, my mighty God, the one who hung on the middle tree, the one who poured out of his spirit, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he came to Jesus. He came to Jesus. That's what we need Sundays to be. That's what we need Mondays to be. You know what they need to be? They need to be come to Jesus meetings. I'm coming to Jesus. Oh, I got problems in my family. I'm coming to Jesus. Oh, I got problems in my mind. That's okay. I'm coming to Jesus. Oh, I got problems in my heart. I'm coming to Jesus. My family, I'm going to Jesus. Oh, what am I going to do? I got trouble with the job. I'm going to Jesus. Because that's what he learned. I'm going to Jesus. Because Jesus is the answer. Oh, but Bartimaeus, you're blind. You can't see. You can't get a job. You can't lose that weight. You'll never get married. You'll never have a family. You'll never start a business. You'll never witness to your family. You're incapacitated. You're disqualified. You're limited. You have a disability. You're not capable. You're too young. You're too old. You don't have an education. You've always been this way. There's one difference. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Holy Ghost, may the miraculous break out, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Do your work today, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And that's what this man, that's what BBB, he stood up, threw his garment away. I rose up. said, I'm going to Jesus. I'm still messed up, but I'm going to Jesus. I hope we can have that kind of church where people can still be messed up and still go to Jesus. Come on, we're never going to be this such a, such a perfect church, flawless church, uh, that, that people in the middle of their dysfunction that have the hope rising within them can't get past the crowd and say, I'm coming to Jesus. I'm not fixed yet. I'm still blind, but I got hope, and Jesus has called my name. Will you let me get to him? Will you get out of my way? Will you let me get to Jesus? Oh, let this be the kind of church where people can get to Jesus. They can get to Jesus. They can get to Jesus. Even though they're not all there, they can still get to Jesus. Even though they still have their dysfunction and they're working through it, he was still blind, but he was trying to get to Jesus. Oh, bless Grand Rapids. Oh, bless Itasca County. Bless the blind and the lame and the halt and the broken and the demon-possessed and and those that are wrecked by sin. Oh, help them to be able to get through to Jesus. May they get to Jesus because he wasn't all that he could be, but he knew that Jesus was there and things were fixing to change because Jesus was there. Jesus was there. Jesus was there. Things were going to change because Jesus was there.
I don't know how he did it. I don't know if they had those sticks. They have those sticks. I need a Bible scholar. Click, 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 click. Click, click, click. Jesus. Click. He's feeling his way around. Click, 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 click. Click, click. Click, click, click. Click, click, click. Click. Is that you? It's me, Jesus. 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Oh, my word. Dear God, help us. What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? He says, what do you want? Blank check. Normalcy. He doesn't ask for anything crazy. He doesn't say, well, I'd like, um, I'd like 22 talents of gold so I can retire. He says, all I want to do is I want to be normal. Not a big ask, I don't think. I'm blind. I just, I just want to see. I want, I want to be normal. Oh, God. I pray that God will help us to pray for things to be normal from God's perspective. He says, what do you want? Here's my question this morning. Do you even know what you want? Can you specify? Can you identify? It's okay. It's okay to dream. God, give the church permission to dream again. To have fresh heart of vision again. Dream again. Jesus says, what do you, what do you want? What do you want? Maybe this is the year. Someone in this place says, maybe this is the year I get married. I've, been, I've had that, eight ch that hope chest since I was eight years old. Maybe this is the year I get married. Maybe this is the year I start my family. Maybe this is the year I buy my first house. Maybe this is the year I have a baby. Maybe you start that college education you've been dreaming of. Maybe you start that trade that you've been talking about and it's been on the shelf for years and years. Maybe this is the year that your family starts pulling in the same direction and gets on the same page. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is the year that God gives you vision. I'm going to read my Bible through this year. Maybe this is the year that you say, this is going to be the year I'm going to memorize more scripture. Maybe this is the year that God talks to you and maybe you got a vision. Oh, I want to win people to the Lord. I want to be a Bible student teacher. Maybe this is the year you say my ministry. God's called me to ministry. I got a plan of God upon my life. What will you that I would do unto thee? Maybe this is the year I pay off my house. Uh, come on, this is the year maybe that a saint of God you go from, from milk to meat in the word of God. Maybe this is the year you learn how to fast. Maybe this is the year that self-denial gets on the front burner. Maybe this is the year, amen, that you're the example that God wants you to be. Maybe this is the year you get to thing. Maybe this is the year that daily prayer becomes your, your, your modus operandi. Maybe this is the year I want my kids back in church. Maybe this is the year my kids back in, are back in church. Maybe this is the year that heaven falls in my life. Maybe this is the year that goal. I want, I want to be a reader. I want to be a reader. I want to be used of God. I'm talking about having a purpose in your life uh, other than just floating through the cosmos. Uh, just waiting for the day that it all comes to an end. I'm saying God has called us to a purpose. A purpose. A purpose. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. And Jesus comes to BBB and says, what would you that I would do unto you? The blind man said unto him, notice, Lord, that I might receive my 
sight. Bridget, this is the year that we don't just pray ambiguous prayers. Misdirected prayers. I've never seen, and maybe I'm wrong, somebody can maybe point this out to me. I've never seen an unspoken prayer request in the Bible. Vague, innocuous. No. This is where we pray specific prayers. This is where we pray big prayers. Oh, but that's impossible. But if we don't identify it, God doesn't do it, and then he doesn't get credit for doing the impossible. See, that's why he wants us to identify. What do you want me to do, says Jesus to this blind dude? What do you want me to do for you? Oh, I just, I just, he prayed specifically that I might receive my sight. What a day it must have been. Click, 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 click. Is that you? What would you that I would have me do for you that I might receive my sight? open those milky blind eyes pop open and for the first time you know what his first sight those those sightless sockets saw the first sight they saw was Jesus I see, I see Jesus you talk about a clarity of vision Oh, I see Jesus. What a beautiful sight. To see with clarity, vision, to have vision. I feel to say this right now. I think one of the prayers that River of Life needs to be praying for. Listen, we need to be praying for vision. We need to pray for his vision. We need to pray for his vision. God Help me to see like you see. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of vision. Vision. The who, the why, the what, the how. Oh, that God would give us vision in 2022. May this be a year of vision. May this be the year the church stands on her tiptoes and vision is revealed to the church and through the church. Praise God. Praise God. All right, 52, notice what he says. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Isn't that awesome? Immediately, immediately, just like that. It happened just like that. Let me tell you what. There are answers to our prayers. Some of them don't have to take 52 years. Some of them God can do in a moment just like that, instantaneous. And Jesus looked at him and listened to these wonderful words he said. He said, go thy way. Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. This is what the commentators say. Go thy way means to move away from a place into a different direction. Go thy way means move away from a place into a different direction. Bartimaeus, you're going to have to move away from that spot you got on the side of the road and that tin pan that has the jingle jangle of the change in it. He, he said, you ain't blind anymore. 
Bartimaeus. In fact, you're not B, B, B anymore. You're just Bartimaeus now. You're not blind beggar Bartimaeus. You're now healed Bartimaeus. He said, now you got to go your way. He said, now you've got to go in a different direction. What does that mean? That means that he didn't go back to the same street corner to beg. I'll tell you what that means. What that means is when God gives you a miracle, that may be time to change your friend group. Oh, yeah. That may be time for a new job. That may be time for a new outlook. It may be time to adopt some new patterns and habits and trends of life. Your miracle may put you in a place where you're now working, whereas before you were begging. But, oh, now I've got meaning in my life. But the beautiful thing for Bartimaeus is it was one step of many that was in the right direction. What I wonder is how many in River of Life are looking forward to a brand new year. A brand new year. A brand new year. And the first step is a step of faith. It's a step toward Jesus. I'm encouraging someone to start dreaming again. Somebody said that it couldn't be done, but he with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say so till he tried. So he buckled right in with the trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hit it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. Somebody scoffed, oh, you'll never do that. At least no one ever has done it. But he took off his coat, and he took off his hat, and the first thing we knew, he'd begun it. With a lift of his chin and a bit of a grin, without any doubting or quitted, he started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. There are thousands to tell you it cannot be done. There are thousands to prophesy failure. There are thousands to point out to you one by one the dangers that wait to assail you. But just buckle in with a bit of a grin. Just take off your coat and go to it. Just start in to sing as you tackle the thing that cannot be done, and you'll do it.